We are stoned and that's okay. So why don't you just stay? Sit back and listen. You don't know what you're missing. It's talking stone while getting sports. humans you're listening to talking stone while getting sports episode i don't remember and i'll explain why in a sec i'm morgan the confusing guy and the guy that's going to tell me what episode it is is austin how the fuck is it going buddy well it's going pretty good um <clears throat> we are on episode 15 beautiful uh, yeah, I'm doing all right. Actually, uh, a couple days here, uh, my mom and my fiance's dad are coming for a visit. Oh, fine. So, so that'll be good. Show them where we're living and all that stuff. Mom hasn't seen my place yet, so that'll be nice. But um, yeah. Too much. How about yourself? Uh, why? Why didn't you remember what episode we were on? Mostly because I'm dumb. Mm. But also <laughs> because my brain is just not really functioning properly right now. I'm tired, exhausted, um, broken, beat up, hmm? beat down. Whatever you want to say. I had to work last night and then be up real early this morning. And then work 12 hours, come home for an hour, go to dodgeball. And then record this stupid podcast for whatever reason. But we're here. (laughs) Um, sure other things I did this weekend is, or this week, played some board games. Oh, oh, that's right. I unlocked that character that I was teasing you guys about for all the nerds out there in Gloomhaven. I'm not going to spoil anything just because it's, it's a pretty big game. And... There's a lot of people play it, and I don't know if we have anyone listening that plays it. Anywho, it's it's just so much fun unlocking a character. Um, there's going to be no spoilers in this, what I say here. Unlocking a character, and then you get another card, and it gives you a little objective of what you have to do to unlock another character. Or get something. Oh, it's just so much fun. Killing archers and skeletons. A bunch of other fantasy stuff. I could go on and on. But I won't go. (laughs) I can tell you're (laughs) bored already. Um, Oh. Also, this is always entertaining on Saturday, which was whatever day it is today, Monday, I think. So a couple days ago, I went out to my mom's with my VR. And I've already, they, both my mom and my stepdad already played 
on my VR once before. Yeah. But I let them play Beat Saber again. And for people that don't know, Beat Saber is basically, um, well, it's a, you have the, the, your two controllers and you swing them at the boxes in the direction of the arrows to music. It's kind of like, I don't know, DDR or like Guitar Hero, all those types of games where you're just hitting notes. And when I play by myself, I always obviously don't get the joy of seeing myself play the game. Holy fuck, is it entertaining watching (laughs) other people play? Oh, I believe it. I don't even have to play when I bring it out there. I was like, I can charge it up and play it whenever I want. You guys go hard. I'm having the time of my life. Oh, yeah. Um, Spoiling about. Yeah. I think my mom is thinking of getting a VR herself now because of Beat Saber. And other than that, just trying not to die. Like everyone else. And unless if Austin, like my brain is just, I'm also like cold. So my brain's just like non existent. So the CFL part that I'm do, spoiler alert, um, it's going to be bad. <laughs> it's going <laughs> to, it's not going to be good. But we also have some news, not just the regular recap that we do to talk about. So that's someone as well. But like I mentioned, it is time. And no, Austin, I'm not doing any audibles like I did last episode where I forgot the order and I just switched it on you. We are doing CFL. And we are doing that first, and it is coming up now. And once again, I'm going to take my halls out for now so so I can talk. Once again, Hmm. I, I just wish it would be more enjoyment of the season if the Saskatchewan Rough Riders could just be on by the entire record or uh, season and just give us like seven random wins, just six, whatever, just enough to make the playoffs. We're not going to win the Grey Cup anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Um, That's true. Because all season, it's been very disappointing to be a Ryder fan and once again they lost to Winnipeg Blue Bombers 31 to 13 so not a great game although Winnipeg did let and I say let because well, there's a reason for that. I'll get there. They let the riders think 
that they have a shot at winning this game when they never did because they kept it close up for three quarters and all of a sudden Winnipeg scored on two back-to-back drives in like a span of four plays, got 14 points, stole the game. Um, Well, they had the lead the entire game anyways, but put the game away, I guess I should say. And it's just so frustrating. Once again, something, some positive things I can say about the Riders when it comes to this game is the O-line looked a lot better. They didn't give up a single sack against arguably the best O-line in the, or um, I guess it wouldn't be O-line because it'd be the Winnipeg's defense, but a very good Winnipeg's D-line. Um, didn't give up a single sack, and lots of that had to do with Dan Clark. Finally, after getting two plates and seven screws a few weeks ago, he's finally back at center for the Riders, so that was a big ad. But I don't know. I don't know what... The answer is I have some things that I'll talk about later in the episode that I wish would happen in the off season, but I don't want to spoil everything, so I'll get there. It was just a frustrating game. I guess I have to say the stats. I mean, Cody didn't play horrible. He went 26 for 38, 68%, 307 yards, and he did throw one interception the interception he threw though completely on the um, receiver's side of things because the guy just stopped running and I don't know what was going on I it was a weird play it was very strange I'm mad at him he knows he knows I'm mad everyone must know I'm mad at least in my apartment Billy (laughs) <laughs> um, I don't know as soon as the offense for the Riders get some a little bit of traction in the last couple of games the defense starts sucking so I just we play they play Hamilton next week and if they don't win that game they're not going to make the playoffs they still have a shot, but I really don't think they will. Uh, Zach Claros went 14 for 25, 56%, 296, and four touchdowns. He he didn't – not very many completions, but the ones he got, he made them count. Uh, what else can I say about this game? The Riders, they had two attempts at three and one. They third down one yard, and they failed both times, turned the ball over to, to, twice on downs. I'm very big right now. So that's never good. 
has just not a good game. So I'm going to move on. Unless we actually okay. have quite a bit of stuff to talk about this episode. Another game which has arrived glad of the outcome was the Ottawa Red Blacks playing BC Lions and the Lions won 34 to 19 which the 19 score for Ottawa is actually kind of flattering they got a touchdown with like less than two minutes left in the fourth quarter when the BC Lions defense is playing soft. Can't really do much with that soft D, which we've mentioned before. Can't do nothing with that soft D. <laughs> I knew that would get you talking. <laughs> you know me so well. <laughs> you got to talk whenever you hear about D, any type. Anywho. Anyway. Um... Yeah, Ottawa is not a good team. At least their offense, their defense is respectful. Their special teams, since they got Deadman back, is also passable. But when you keep getting into the red zone in between the 20 yard or under 20 yards, is line fucking. Baked, holy shit. I'm explaining <laughs> stuff a lot more than I need to. Anywho. You good, buddy? I'll I'll make it through. I just can't wait till it's hockey so I can just sleep. I'll just have a nap while you're talking hockey. Okay. Um no, but where I was going with that, they they just got field goals instead of touchdowns. Um, they've been like that for the last three years. Has has not been a good couple. I'm. I know I bitch and complain about not being, or about being a Ryder fan, but I'm sure glad I'm not a Red Blacks fan right now. Uh, yeah. Although, Nick Allerbuckle, he went, that was a weird way to say his name, went 27 for 36, 75%, 363 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. So, he threw, again, the ball a lot in between the 20s and just besides one time couldn't finish it and you're not when the other team's finishing their drives with touchdowns you're not going like I'm not a math whiz Austin definitely isn't I'm definitely not a math whiz you're not going to win many games that way no um BC Adams, uh, Vernon Adams Jr., he went 17 for 22, 77 yards, 305 yards, or 77%. Sorry, I always do that. 
305 yards and two touchdowns, no picks. Uh, Antonio Pivkin rushed the ball for two or two touchdowns, which he's the guy, like, he's the backup quarterback. He goes in on the short yards and stuff, and right there shows. BC was very capable of getting right up to the goal line and still punching it in instead of giving up the field goals, which makes huge, huge difference. Um, moving on because I can. Montreal Alouettes playing <laughs> Edmonton Elks. Elks at home. I. Probably don't even need to tell you the outcome or at least who lost this game. Because since the Elks were home, of course they lost. This is 15 straight games lost at home for the Elks, which if I was them next season, I would be telling whoever makes the schedule up. Can we just be on the road the entire year? We'll play it. Right. Just I don't want to play in Edmonton. Play somewhere else in Alberta. Make that your home. Just not in Edmonton. Fucking Red Deer. I don't know. Where's other places in Alberta? There's other places. There's both at least Cal- seven other places. Both Calgary and the Elks can play in Calgary. There you go. That'll work out. Fantastic. Uh, for the first half of this game, I guess I didn't say the score yet. Or at least maybe I did. Alouettes won twenty-five to eighteen, and the eighteen points that the Elks got were all in the first half. So it looked like a football game until the second half and. Well, no one got any points in the third quarter, but Montreal got a pick six. I believe it was 110 yards, something like that. A crazy long one. Um, I guess not 110 yards, but 100 yards, something like that. And that was the game-winning touchdown. And I can... I'll be honest, I see why the Elks gave Taylor Cornelius the extension. I mean, he didn't play the greatest game, but he was chucking the ball up there and giving his receivers a chance. He gave his team a chance. He did throw two picks, but it was 16 for 28. 57%. 57%. I didn't fuck up that time. 273 yards, but no touchdowns. Um, he had one rushing touchdown, so that always helps. Um, Trevor Harris went 14 for 17, 82%, 180 yards, one touchdown. He also didn't do anything spectacular but he did just enough to win the game and Montreal 
is now making a run for first place in the East because they're one game behind Toronto. And we'll get to Toronto's game very shortly here. Actually, fuck it. Now, we'll get there now. (laughs) (laughs) Audible. Yep. I'm so tired. I'm so excited you have lots of hockey to talk about. This game will be... Oh, sorry, you were going to say something it sounded like? Oh, no, sorry, it's all good. Okay. Uh, This game... I mean, I think two teams showed up. I mean, Calgary (laughs) definitely did. The Argonauts, they really did not play like a team that's trying to keep first place in the East. I don't know if they want to have that buy in the playoffs and play at home and hopefully I at least get to watch them beat the Riders in the East final because at least that means the Riders made the playoffs so there's something. They're not going to go to the Great Cup. I can tell you that right now. Anywho, Calgary Put up 29 points. Pretty good score. Toronto, however, I mean, they got two. They couldn't even get a field goal. Nope, they missed and got a single point, and it was a punt for single. All in the second quarter. Big second yeah. quarter for them. Big second quarter for the Argos. Actually, I don't know if I'm stoned or if this is actually funny, so we'll find out. Like, Toronto went 0-2-0-0. That's their point line or line or whatever you want to say. Fox score. Yeah. Calgary also had a pattern. They went 0-14, them 15 There's a lot of zeros. I found that are really patterns, but... Well, Calgary's is the zero in the first and the third. No one wanted to score the start of either half, apparently. Yeah, I guess not. Anywho, I'm baked, and that wasn't funny. So, fuck you all, okay? <laughs> uh, Just kidding. Love you guys. Please listen. <laughs> I'm being aggressive. I shit on podcast already. Who wouldn't? McLeod Bethel Thompson for Toronto <laughs> went 19 for 38, 50%, 194 yards, and two interceptions. Jake Mayer went 17 for 24, 70%, 175 yards, one touchdown, and also two interceptions, but the difference in this game was the Riders' defense, and seems like whenever these two teams clash, since both teams are so familiar, because Toronto has many players from Calgary, Dimwitty, who is, I believe, the quarterback's coach for Calgary, 
who's now obviously the head coach for Toronto. He has been for a few years now. And it seems like Calgary's defense always shows up. I mean, the turning point this game was a pick six by Cameron Judge for 71 yards. And then, I mean, Toronto never had a chance. But as soon as that happened, it's like, okay, well, it's clear, more clear of which team's going to win this game. But um, did I say the stats already? Yeah, I did. So we have actually pretty a little big news here in the CFL world. Ottawa sucks. That's not the news. That's not shocking. No. In the last two years, they have six wins. Paul LaPolice was the head coach in those two years. Um, But he is not the head coach anymore. Right after they lost to... Um, whoever it was, um, BC, he was released the next day and um, Bob Dice, who was the special teams coordinator, is now the interim head coach. They, Paul Lapolis, he used to be a head coach for the Riders. He sucked. He sucked with Ottawa. He's a from he's a great OC when he can focus on that a hundred and ten percent. He's doing both jobs, I believe. Uh, in this with the Red Blacks and like I said during the BC game, their offense was to blame in that situation all season, their defense and their special teams has been the stronger suits in their game. And the games that they have won, that has been the reasons why kept their offense in the games long enough. And then, sure, the offense, their pro players, they get paid, so they'll make a play once or Twice, I guess. Um, Again. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens now in the offseason. But me being greedy, what I will say is in the offseason, with the riders sucking so bad and so shitty as they are, um... Hell, when I went to shoppers after dodgeball today, I even got an earful from this random guy behind me saying that I'm a brave man for wearing rider stuff after what's been going on with that team. And then he talked me ear off for like 10 minutes. So, okay. Anywho, I hope Paul LaPolice ends up being the riders OC next year. And I hope that we end up getting rid of Jason Moss. I don't know if I want 
I would give Craig Dixon another um, shot at head coach, but that's a story for a different day. So I think they should bring in Belichick. (laughs) (laughs) He seems to win. I'm laughing at that, but I've heard Ryder fans, the dumb ones, um, suggest that. That will never happen. Not in a million years. No. But it's going to be interesting because there's Paul Apolise, and I think Hardy Jones will be available again this offseason. So I wouldn't mind seeing him as an OC or even head coach for the Riders. I don't know. Teams are going to need head coaches, and we're going to see now, I guess, if Bob Dice, maybe he ends up, hell, if Ottawa wins out the rest of their season, which I don't see that happening, then maybe Bob Dice gets a shot at head coach for Ottawa. Mike O'Shea, who's a special teams guy, he's doing quite well for uh, Winnipeg. It took him a while. took him seven years. But, excuse me, he got there. But that's enough for my voice, mostly because I don't like it. So I'm going to take a little break so I can drink some water, even though it doesn't make a difference because it's Austin's turn. After the break. Buddy, friend, Austin, pal. Do you happen to have any plugs for us by chance? I do. Uh, First things first, you should follow us on Twitter at Podstoned. Because, you know, Twitter's the best. You can also follow me at Fitzgerald, And on Instagram... We are at TSWGS Pod, talking some while getting sports pod. I guess this is the uh, wonderful transition to the point where I say my plugs, and that would be you can also follow me at Twitter, Caption Morgan 2, and Twitch. Also, Caption Morgan 2, I like to keep it simple, um, it's easier for me. That way. And it's easier for you. Yeah, it's a win-win all around. And also, like, rate, review our show. That goes a long way. We're just really trying to hustle and bustle and try to make this grow. Thanks for listening. Download. Yeah, that too. Back to the show. All right. We're back. How is that transitioning to the break, Austin? I was, it was a transition. It was even better because I didn't use that for anything. Yeah. But it is your time to shine with the good old NHL talk. You know it, buddy. And you know what? I don't like your order, so I'm going to mess with things. Ooh. But we're going to start it off with, I think, it's a pretty interesting article or article idea. So ranking 
in any sport is the best. And especially hockey. Love a love a good ranking. So we got a ranking of the NHL's ten best lines. Uh like we offensive lines. Rankings. Sorry. We never do rankings. Never, Not except bad. for always. So um obviously the NHL being the best hockey league in the world, there's some good players. And there's some good players playing together and what potentially could be this season. Uh and we got a ranking. So guess what? It starts now. Number 10. <clears throat> we got for Columbus. Potential line of Johnny Goudreau, Boone Jenner, and Patrick Lund. Uh combined hit against the salary cap of $22.2 million, which is not terrible for a top line. Um I think obviously we haven't seen this line together before, and I think that's probably why it's not ranked super high. But I'm I'm not well, I am, you know, an NHL insider. I'm not an expert, but when you pair up an excellent passer with an incredible goal scorer with with a great shot, I think that that returns excellent results. And Goudreau can dish the puck like no other, and Line A can rip that puck on a one-timer, any kind of shot, like, and Boone Jenner just got to win some face-offs, basically. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so do his and, job. Uh, <clears throat> pretty much just do his job. Let his and let his uh, line mates <clears throat> light up the league, or at least the Eastern Conference. I like that, but number ten. What do you think about your former Columbus Flames? Well, I've member? seen him many times, and he is a damn good passer. His hockey sense is phenomenal. And he's going to make Columbus a better team. And that line is going to be damn scary. I I mean, sure, it's 10 on this list, but I think it's a line that could shoot up this type of list quite quickly. Um, I completely agree with you with – Warney, or however you say his name, where yeah. he he can shoot it with the best of them if he has someone feeding him the puck. So, like we say on this podcast all the time, time will tell. And I'm glad this is in um, the Eastern Conference because I can actually, I'm a fan of Goodrow, and I can actually cheer for this line. So. I'm okay with that. That's true. That is true. Uh, now, this might make you happy. Number nine, a line yeah, that's okay. right ahead of them. Jonathan Elias Lindholm and Tyler Toffoli. So they got a combined cap hit of $15 million, which is obviously $7 million less. So solid deal, averaging $5 mil per per dude. And... Again, this is this is a case of Lindholm being an excellent goal scorer, Huberto being an excellent passer. Tavoli can also rip it. He he definitely had uh, a bit of a downturn at the points with the Flames, but I think 
I think he can bounce back. He's got the experience. He's got the Stanley Cup experience. He's got he can. He can also get year. down low a little bit, you know. And we have Huberto, arguably one of the best passers in the league. Yep, feeding those two players the puck. It's going to be damn scary, and I got a big grin on my face right now, dude. <laughs> uh, that's fair. Um, num- next up, number eight, we got Jake Gensel, Sidney Crosby, and Brian Rust. Now, I'm going to start this off by saying you could pretty much put any two guys on Crosby's wings, and it'd be a pretty good line. But these guys really, really have built good chemistry over the past while, past couple of years. Um, and these guys are a good example of that. Um, they work together. They play well together. 20 million cap hit. Not terrible. Um, yeah. Excellent line. Yeah, I'm just going to second everything that you said there because you said – Everything I was thinking of where you can just put more or less anyone with Crosby and at least you're going to have chances because he's going to win you the goddamn face-off. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. Next up is a line that isn't actually official yet because one of the players hasn't signed. But Jason Robertson, Rupe Hansen, Joe Pavelski for the Dallas. Now this one's kind of interesting because Jason Robinson's younger. I believe he's like 22, 23. Um, Joe Pavelski is like 36, 37, getting up there, 38 maybe. Uh, and then Rupe Hintz, solid center. Like it's a decent team for, or a decent line for sure, but I worry that it's the only good line on Dallas. And if Dallas can't re-sign Robertson, that's bad news. Well, seeing playing or watching them play the Flames for seven games in the playoffs, I know that Hints and Robertson, they were great, especially Hints and with the face-offs and giving lots of people chances. To score, I just remember hearing his name over and over again in the playoffs. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, next up, having oh, the, oh sir, sit, no, just gonna say it. having that veteran Joe P- Povetsky or whatever on the wing as well that doesn't hurt either. No, not at all. Next up, number six, we got. Kirill Kaprizov, Ryan Hartman, and Mets Zuccarello for the Minnesota Wild. This has been an excellent line. And especially, like, Kaprizov has breathed life into the Minnesota Wild. Uh, in my opinion, I don't know about you, but for the longest time, it just Minnesota just felt boring. Like, they just didn't – there wasn't anything to be excited about. And then Kaprizov came in and lit it up, and all of a sudden, Minnesota's exciting again. And he's kind of helped revive Zuccarello. Uh, and then Ryan Hartman down the center, solid, solid lineup. Uh, combined hit of $16 million. 
Not bad at all. Yeah, they're they were definitely I was in the same book as you, definitely like a just a filler team. They're they're there. They made the playoffs sometimes. And lots of the time I forget about them until, like you said, um, I'm not even going to try to say his name. Cap. I'll go with Cap. <laughs> um, as soon as he came into Minnesota, I could tell that he was, was quite exciting. Yeah. Okay. Um, he says it was very quiet. I wasn't sure if we lost. <laughs> That's fair. No, I'm still here. Next up, somehow this line isn't number one because, I mean, I guess it is top lines, not top players. Uh, number five, we got Evander Kane, Connor McDavid, and Kyler Yamamoto. Um, Evander Kane has his, you know, passed off the ice, but on the ice, he scored a bunch of goals for the Oilers uh, in the playoffs, in the regular season, and him and McDavid and Yamamoto kind of gelled. I think McDavid could gel with just about anybody, but um, I guess, yeah, I'm surprised it's not higher, but I guess it's it's line, not not single player. Well, McDavid's basically just a better version of Crosby. And just like what we said with Crosby, you can more or less put any winger. As long as they have some type of, like, decent skill or not even just a mediocre player, they're going to end up being good. Like, nothing – I'm not trying to take anything away from Kane or – Mr. Tomato over there. Yamamoto. <laughs> but like they're there's still decent players on their own, but McDavid sure makes their life a lot easier. I don't know if you mentioned a little higher cap hit though of twenty million. Yeah, and most of that is McDavid at twelve mil, twelve and a half mil. Yes. Which is Hilarious, which that is almost more than some of the actual lines on lower on the list. So, God, he paid, gets paid so much money. I mean, yeah. Uh, number four, you know what's hilarious about number four? Are you looking at the list or no? Yes, I am. Yep. Okay. So, Connor McDavid and this line make about the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marshan, Bergeron, and DeBrusque for the disgusting Boston Bruins. Oh, they're um, such a good team. They're like my second favorite team. Yeah, we're probably going to have to end this podcast. <laughs> um. <laughs> Their combined hit is twelve point six million, and I think that's a crime against everybody else. Um, that number is actually ridiculous. With those three players, it's disgusting. 
to be fair, though, Brad Marchand has an injury. He's going to be out until at least late November. Um, I don't know him. I don't know. You do you have anything to say on the Bruins or this line? What you don't want to talk about them more? No, Bergeron. I want to say is like one of my like top five easily best players in the world. Um, really, top five? I'm just saying that to yank your chain. Okay. Oh my god. I mean, if you would have said like best defensive forwards, I would have totally, totally agreed with you. I just know how much, or is it Marchand that you hate a lot? Those two. I think everyone hates Marchand. Oh, I, I yeah. If yeah, you're playing yeah. the Bruins, you hate Marchand. That's true. But there's a reason for that. So, sure, he crosses the line sometimes, but he is also, he's, this line, they played together for a long time and, it shows. To be fair, it's usually Marchand, Bergeron, and Pasternak. Yeah, but it always seems like at least um, like uh, Daryl Sutter or whatever was talking about this even. like In the NHL, you always try and pair your you're sent like you just find pairs and then you toss on a third guy. So it's usually your left wing and your center that you pair up with. Yeah. Whoever has chemistry. So yeah. Uh, next up we have an excellent line who are now Stanley cup champions. I'm kind uh, of surprised they're not higher. Well, I mean, we'll see. So, I mean, we won't see. They aren't. But anyway, number three, Nichushkin, McKinnon, and Rantanen for the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, obviously, Nate McKinnon, as of right now, still has a team-friendly deal. Uh, next year, he will be making just a little bit more than Connor McDavid. Uh, for a bunch of years, but as of right now, the the three of them cost twenty one point six mil. Uh, Rantanen, McKinnon, some of the best players in the league. Um, Mizuskin's no scrub. They're an excellent line. Yeah, I really. Do. Colorado's like my Boston, so I really don't want to talk about them. <laughs> That's fair. Moving right along to number two. Uh, well, actually, I just want to point out one more thing. Um, you did mention McKinnon having that friendly deal. Now, this cap hit, I don't know if that involves his 12 mil or his 6 mil. If it doesn't involve his 6 or his 12 yet, that's going to bump up next year. Yeah, no, that's at his 6.3. I believe Rantanen is getting paid like 11 million. No, like nine. That's going to be expensive line, hypothetically, if it stays together for a couple seasons. 
Speaking of expensive lines, uh, number two, Michael Bunting, Austin Matthews, and Mitch Marner. Now, say what you want about Toronto. Them in the playoffs, this, that, and the other thing. Matthews and Marner are two of the best players in the league. Uh, Austin Matthews just put up 60 goals, which is ridiculous. All right. All right, bud. (laughs) (laughs) He won his second consecutive Rocket Richard. Uh, Marner put up 97 points in 72 games. And 63 points in 79 games as a rookie. So this line is expensive. It's 23 and a half mil. But there is some definitive talent on that line. Did you uh, hear, I mean, it's one of our articles, but did you hear what Marner might be doing a little bit of potentially this season? <laughs> I did, and uh, did I spoil it? Well, I mean, it's fine. They would have heard about it eventually. Um, it's not like we're breaking news. We are breaking news. Is there anything else you got on the on the Leafs the Leafs top line? Um, I like the last name Bunting. I okay. That's entertaining. That's good. That's excellent. That you know, that's the kind of analysis that people come to this podcast. Hey. Whatever works, dude. Speaking of great names, Steven Stamkos, Braden Point, and Nikita Kucherov of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um this now to be fair, this line isn't necessarily together ton, but when they are, look the fuck. That's because, just because Kucherov is usually injured for the regular season. That happened once. <laughs> Say what you want. These three players are all threats. It doesn't matter yeah. who has the puck. It's a problem for the other team. Um, yeah, it's they're uh, they're crazy, crazy good. Yeah, that was actually. I really don't have well, twenty seven point five million cap hit. So most most expensive line. On this yeah, but they also won. They've oh, yeah. I'm, I'm just stating a fact. Is all yeah. I'm doing. Oh, yeah. I don't disagree That's with fair. it. That's if fair. it works out, like the cap, I don't really has, think has anything to do with the list. If it's under, everyone's up to the cap right now anyway, so the money has to, is somewhere. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that has been that has been the top ten, the top ten lines in the NHL, or at least according to that that writer. Now, top ten potential lines, yeah, yeah. Now, as you mentioned, uh, 
the Leafs could be looking to, I don't know, revolutionize the game, some may say. Others, completely They're so ridiculous. Dumb. They're so we'll dumb. <laughs> so... <laughs> so dumb. I hope they're just trolling. I hope. <laughs> I hope it's just preseason shenanigans. No, honestly, I think it's. Um, I think it's an interesting idea. Uh, Mitch Marner is also already pretty respons- uh, responsible defensively. He's very fast, high energy. Uh, so he can get back real quick. And that combined with a, uh, a few, uh, can't talk, a few injuries on the back end for, for Toronto. Why not experiment with it? And like, I don't know. He's going to tire him out and he's not going to be as productive or he needs to be productive on the right wing. But like, not necessarily, like, I'm not, I don't think the idea full-time would be having him as a full-time defenseman. I think it would be like having him on defense on the penalty kill or, you know, like not like literally changing him from a right winger to a defenseman, just switching it up. I I think what I do. I do get the fact that they're not likely going to just all of a sudden switch him straight to defense. But if you're, Mixing in, like, even if he, like, regular, like, not power play or anything like that, if he's just on, like, doing any type of double duties, I think you're going to see a drop in his production and offense. But I mean, uh, to be fair, he does already play on the penalty kill. Um, so it'd just be a matter of, I don't know. I like it. I think it's, I think it's interesting. Um, keep hockey interesting, change shit around. Um, anything else in the Marner, the Marner? No. Uh, talk with you with the, uh, number well, two line. At least talk. You don't have to talk about them until the second round of the playoffs anyway. So. Ooh. What? You mean you only talk about them until the second round? That's what I meant. Thanks, buddy. Okay. Whatever I, got you, I buddy. meant was hilarious. Just laugh. Whatever you meant was absolutely fucking hilarious. So the Senators. Um as we all know, Matt Murray is no longer an Ottawa Senator. He is a Toronto Maple Leaf, and as a result, they needed to replace him. So they got Cam Talbot. Now, the thing about Cam Talbot is he's now apparently out five with a broken rib. So... Awkward. They needed to fix that. And a bunch of players were on waivers today, and they... Goy named Helberg, which is a cool name. Especially Uh, Magnus Helberg. That's great. Magnus Helger, Helberg is like, he sounds like a Viking. He sounds actually like, and I just think that's pretty rad. Yeah, it's, uh, sucks for Cam Talbot. The fact that he 
got injured. Um, I've had a broken rib before. It's not fun. And I wasn't playing professional hockey and getting pucks shot into it constantly. So, yeah, it's a, but I still think as long as they can, as long as the goalies that they have can be manageable, I still think Ottawa as a whole is going to be a team to watch this year. Oh, uh-huh. um, they look really good. And uh, obviously they picked up Claude Giroux to bring it. Like, yeah, absolutely ridiculous. And also but- Helberg, luckily, like, an injury like this happening, like, mid-season, I would say it would be a lot worse because you still have some preseason, get to work your goalies in, figure something out. Season. Yeah, have Cam Talbot back healthy with still lots of the season left, so. Yeah, um, but I believe last time, last episode we were going to talk about, but we didn't quite get to it. Um, we have a few minutes left, so we can get to a couple of this. A uh, couple of items on this list. Ten questions. Um, uh for you know, like the preseason and the and the training camp. Um, as we go into a new year every year, with coaches changing places, players changing team, all these things happening, it's always interesting to see kind of what's going to be the storylines, what's going to, how's things going to play out. Um, one that I think could be really interesting, but also train wreck, is. Uh, the Flyers with John Tortorella. Now, I think Tortorella fits the Flyers brand, but I don't think the Flyers team fits the Flyers brand. If you know what I mean, I don't think not the players anymore. They're not, not the anymore. Bullies that, that they used to be. Not at all. Uh, they're starting the season without Sean Couturier, which is arguably their best player. Uh, also without Ryan Ellis, who played four games last year uh, because of injury. They've been injury-ridden, and uh, I just don't see how Tortorella is going to turn that around. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's a interesting situation. If we skim through these... Like, we don't want to spend too much time. We can probably get through this list. It might go a little over an hour, but okay. we might as well. Uh, well, here here's a question for you. Who do you think the Leafs start to be opening night? Do you think it's going to be Matt Murray or Ilya Samsonov? I think it'll be Matt Murray. I yeah. think just because of his experience. Um, He didn't do too terrible with Ottawa. There's a reason why Toronto... Wanted him. I'm going with Matt Murray. Put it. Okay, you're going Matt Murray. I'm going. Um, I just, I'm not. Honestly, I think they're going to split the duties. Uh, I think they're going to be both playing about the same amount of games, depending on their skill level. But uh, I think Samsonov will be the first night. Um, speaking of goalies. Number three, 
Um, the Golden Knights, obviously, Robin Lehner is out for the entire season, which is rough when your starting goal is out for the whole season. Yeah, uh, that's a huge lot. We saw what happened with Montreal when Price was basically out for entire of last season. So, yep. And so here we go. I got another question for you. Out of these three goalies, not that you know tons about any of them, because they're not big names yet. Going to emerge as the number one goalie is going to be Logan Tom, Aiden Hill, or Laurent Brassois. Well, I'm not picking the last one because I can't say his name. Okay, that's fair. But I want to go with Logan Thompson because he has more letters than Aiden Hill. So I figure more letters equals more saves. Well, then why why is Chris Lefter still in the NHL? I, do you think I can say his name? Yeah, but it's got a lot of letters. That's not what I said. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> I do actually agree with you, but for more than the letter count. Um, Logan Thompson for a while has been uh, pretty highly touted. Uh, Aiden Hill is a serviceable backup. Laurent Brossois is a great AHL starter, um, maybe. But uh, I don't know. I, I think it'll be Thompson. Maybe not necessarily this season, but I think it'll be Thompson long-term. Number four. Number four, we got. This is gonna be an interesting question. Who's number? Who's Colorado's number two center now? Obviously, Nazem in Cowtown, aka Calgary. Uh, so he's gone. But they got a few guys. They got a lot of centers, but they're not really top end centers. We got JT Comfer, Alex Newhook, Ben Myers, and Evan Rodriguez. I'm assuming it's gonna be JT Comfer. Uh, with Newhook being the third line, but like, that's not, that's not like high quality. I don't know. I, what do you think? Um, it's not big again. Names. Colorado. That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Um, I don't know. The number five seems boring. Yeah, we can uh, just skim through some of these. <laughs> just get through okay. this list. <laughs> New Jersey. <laughs> New Jersey uh, goalie, goalie vote. Vanacek or Blackwood? Um, Mackenzie Blackwood. And you guys can probably guess why. My vote is Vajic. 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 I also can't say his name. Uh, Austin just proved my reason. <laughs> Mackenzie Blackwood is has been there a while and has been great. So yeah, I feel in my bones. Okay, well, it's Vanacek. Uh, number seven, will Goudreau and Line A play on the same line? Well, if the list we just read is accurate, then yes. Um, I think they will. Yeah, I think they will. At the very least, they'll play together on the power play. But I think it'd be them together. Um, yeah, number eight might have a little bit too depth for us to. Uh, that's true. Uh, same with number nine. 
And honestly, I don't care about number 10. I think we're done with the list. Who is going to take Marshan's place on yeah, the Bruins' it's not top important. line? <laughs> yeah, we don't. It's, a, it's fine. We don't need to know. We don't. Honestly, it doesn't matter who because Bruins are going to be great regardless. So No, nah, they're going to be real shit. But that's, that's okay. But Austin is right. We're overdue on time. We went slightly over, so you're welcome. But it is time for... My quick stoner statement, we talked CFL, which had all La Police game fired. Who knows where he'll go? And hockey. I don't know. We like her list. The the lineups. We talk lineups. We talk lists, lineups, and a bunch of L things. Everyone out there, stay stoned. <laughs> and stay safe. Hey.